In this episode, we are so excited to bring to you an interview with our newest team member, Kiki Cunningham, who is our director of Compassion Ministries, and we'll explain that in the episode. But before we get to that, I just want to say a quick word about what's about to come up. We have Giving Tuesday coming up, the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, and that kicks off the biggest time of giving for us, as with a lot of other nonprofits across the country, which is year-end giving. Um, So many of you sacrificially give to us during this last couple of months of the year, and we just want to say thank you for that in advance, because we know you've done it in years in the past, and we expect you you're going to do it again and blow us away and i just want to tell you that we really believe in the mission of gospel life the mission of glorifying god by growing disciples who make disciples and that works itself out in pastor training in planting churches in compassion ministries and so if you believe in that mission too Please come alongside us in this time of year, whether it's on Giving Tuesday, the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, or just any time during this last part of the year. Uh, We are so excited about what we have coming up in 2019, and your gifts during this season are going to set us as an organization up uh, in a good position to accomplish what God's leading us to in 2019. In 2019, we are starting our certificate program for our modular pastors who are getting trained through modular schools. We are launching Kiki is coming and taking over the medical clinics starting in April and in July and also in September or October. In September, we're starting our residential program for young single men to come to Zamba and to get a intense training to be pastors, to be church planters, to be evangelists. So there is so much that's going to happen in 2019. And any gift that you give sets us up to um, be able to accomplish that, to be able to do it uh, through the grace of God and through his grace shown to us through your gifts. So thank you in advance for giving. If you want to give, you can go to our website, gospellife.org, click the Give Now button. Or you can also find on our website how to give by mail. So, Kiki, you got pretty good at a little bit of chichewa this week in the clinics. Yes, I did. I, um, I'm almost uh, fluent. Uh, I think a couple, a couple more weeks, and I'll probably have it down. Oh yeah, yeah. Like oh, yeah. I can say Zinalonga Kiki, which is my name is Kiki, um, <laughs> and every single person laughed at that. So I don't know if it was the Kiki, if my, if it was my name that made them laugh, or if it was the how it was saying it, or a combination. Yeah. So which, which Kiki in Chichewa is like things they cheer at fights 
in a football game. I did not know this. Yeah, Donald, your translator was making fun of your name at church (laughs) on Sunday. Well, well, Donald did not tell me this. They either Kiki is punching Uh or kicking the ball at a football game. They're yelling, Kiki, Kiki. Okay, yeah. well, that explains a lot <laughs> of the laughter that yeah. I got all last week. Go so, ahead. okay, good In, to know. Any other uh, Chichewa phrases uh, you want to bless z- us with? Zikomo. Zikomo. Uh-huh. Yeah, Zikomo. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Didi Bueno. You got, yeah, you got good at saying, yeah. uh, how are you? Yes. Uh, Do you remember it? Moini Buanji. Yeah, yes. there you go. Dili yes. Bueno, Kaya Inu. Uh, Didi Bueno. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) As you can see, we are all perfect now, so we don't need our translators anymore. (laughs) Right. That's about as far as we get. I say that to people, and then they keep talking to me, and I'm just like, "Uh uh-huh, nope. (laughs) That's all I got. (laughs) This is episode six. Welcome to Gospel Life, the podcast of Gospel Life Global Missions. I'm Josh Hutchins. And I'm Stacy Lee Hutchins. And this is the Gospel Life podcast from Gospel Life Global Missions. And today we have a very, very special guest who has come to us in Malawi all the way from Dexter, Kentucky. Dexter, Kentucky, the, you know, like lesser town outside of Hardin, Kentucky. Ouch. <laughs> that was a major throwdown. Major. Major. Um, yeah. So if anybody doesn't know who Kiki Cunningham is, she grew up with me. That's her claim to fame. And uh, her father is the pastor of Hardin Baptist Church, and her brother is the associate pastor of Hardin Baptist Church. But more importantly, both board members of Gospel Life Global Missions. And uh, but now we have a third person involved in Gospel Life, and that's you. Yes. So coming the first of next year, sometime in 2019, moving to Malawi to be our director of Compassion Ministries, which is mainly our mobile medical clinics. And we'll talk a little bit more about that um, in a little bit. But I think the first question really is, how do you go from Dexter, I mean, Dexter, all the way to beautiful Zamba, Malawi? Gosh, that is the question. Um, so I guess, you know, if you want to, it kind of goes way back. Um, so I kind of first felt like I was being called into missions when I was in high school. So again, that was a long time ago. Um, and then shortly after high school, you know, life kind of veered off. And instead of kind of following his will for my life, I decided that I wanted to find my own. Um, and And so in the midst of that, just kind of, you know, chased after things that I wanted and, you know, pursued things that I thought were fulfilling and then kind of got to a point about a year ago where I realized that it wasn't fulfilling. And um, it was kind of I woke up and um, I'm in this amazing career. Um, I had got to an awesome place. You know, I've I had everything that I ever wanted um, from a worldly material standpoint. Um, and I just knew that 
this wasn't it. And, um, you know, and I kind of always knew I would get to that point. Um, again, I've kind of been the kind that's always learned things the hard way or taken the long road. Um, so again, about a, a year ago, I just started to feel that call again and God just really started drastically changing my life. Um, and then it was in November, I think it was November was maybe Thanksgiving. Um, I was at home for, um, I was in from Cincinnati where I was currently living and you guys were doing a sermon on gospel life. And in the meantime, I had already started my application with the IMB. Like I knew that missions was where I was heading. Mm -hmm. And so I came in and you spoke about gospel life and I think I cried the entire sermon. I just, it was just one of those moments where I knew that this is where God was wanting me to be. And I was sitting on the second row. And as soon as you got done speaking, you came down and stood in front of me. And I I think I said something to you. I don't remember what it was, but, and, and during your talk, you had said nothing about medical. I mean, it was all kind of the pastor and church planning. And you turned around and said, we have medical clinics. And it was just like, It was just like, well, okay then. And and so I remember leaving and on the way out, I grabbed, um, you guys had a little card that had your info on it. And I grabbed a little card and I put it on my, um, in my windshield of my car, drove back to Cincinnati. Didn't, I talked to my parents that afternoon, didn't say a word about anything. You know, I just, um, I just kind of wanted everything to sink in and just kind of see how I still felt, you know, a couple days passed until I kind of really said anything. Um, so the next day, um, I was driving home from work and I was talking to my dad. I had called him and I just, again, started bawling. (laughs) And so just kind of started to tell him about what I was feeling and, you know, what God was showing me. And the crazy part was he said that my mom had sat in a different service. She had sat in the service after me and that afternoon had went home and told him that Kiki will be in Africa. So again, still talking about it just gives me goosebumps and makes me want to cry. So again, and from that point on, I mean, it was just, I continued the IMB application just, you know, kind of as a backup, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, we started emailing more and more and then, you know, one thing led to another and then I'm in Africa right now. <laughs> Yeah, so you're here right now on kind of a survey trip, kind of the final part of making sure this is where you want right. to actually move and what you actually want to do with your life. But I think we all knew pretty early on from some of our first mm-hmm. conversations that this is what God was doing. Yes. And like even you're saying your parents knew Uh, very quickly that this is what God was doing. But there's a lot of things that God has been using in your life. Mm, Amen. And I, I don't want people to hear kind of your story up to this point. And you talk about um, how you were so focused on yourself, Mm. which was true, but at the same time, all of that time period, God was shaping you for what you're about to do now. So you think you could kind of tell yeah. us that side of the story and, too? And, and that's one of, you know, at this point is one of my favorite parts of the story. Yeah. Um, you know, even through my, you know, disobedience and me kind of doing my own thing, God and his sovereignty had his hand on me the whole time and was getting me 
whether I knew it or not, to where he ultimately wanted me to be. So um, after I got into nursing, again, that is another God thing all on its own. Never in a million years thought that, that was anything that I ever wanted to do. I'd kind of tried every major at Murray State and finally <laughs> ran out of options. So got into nursing, um, absolutely loved it. I mean, from day one after school, just it was one of those things where um, – you just, it was what I was supposed to do. Um, so got into nursing. Then I went to Nashville, did critical care for a while, just got a ton of experience, you know, from a clinical standpoint, um, then moved back to home to Paducah, um, and got in administration. Um, and again, that, you know, things just, again, God just has really blessed my nursing career. Um, you know, I, from where I, I am, you know, and the amount of time that I've got there is, is, you know, a hundred percent, just, um, no other words than, you know, God had his hand on everything. So, um, yes, I've got a, a clinical nursing background, but I also over the last four years have been in administration, um, which is going to help allow me to lead people. And, you know, the, I got, I got that side of it. So not only, you know, do I have the, the nursing part, but just the leading people and, you know, growing, um, kind of the last job that I was in, um, we kind of took a department and kind of grew it from the ground up. So, you know, I've got to being on the ground of, you know, growing a, a an organization and those kind of things. So, um, again, it's just been amazing that, you know, just knowing that he's had a plan even when I didn't know the plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. I love hearing your story. <laughs> um, so you've been here yes. for about a week and a half. Yes. How's that gone? Uh, so, you know, you, you look at pictures and you see, you know, I hear, I've, you know, talked to you a lot before I got here and, um, you know, I kind of had an idea of what I thought it was going to be. Um, and, and I, everything has just, exceeded every expectation on every level. I mean, um, again, obviously it's a, it's Africa. So it's a gorgeous, (laughs) it's a gorgeous place. I mean, the, the pictures that I've seen do not even do it justice, but, um, so much more than that. I mean, the ministry that's already here that we're kind of, you know, become, you know, helping and, and I mean, they have an amazing ministry that they've, they've established. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's been awesome to see. Um, the people here just have, such an amazing spirit and heart. Um, they're just, they're just great. I knew, um, before I came, I'd really been praying that God just really gave me a heart for these people. Um, and I mean, from day one, I mean, you could just see him working that in me. I mean, I just, I love them already. Um, it's a great culture. Um, it's, I think one of the things, you know, the differences of America and here, you know, it's a lot slower. And, you know, I I thought that that was one of the things I was going to struggle with, but I think I'm going to be fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's going to be okay. Sometimes it's frustrating, but a lot of times it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. Exactly. You don't have to have that high pace lifestyle that you do in the U.S. I, I want you to kind of walk us through what we set, what we mean when we say mobile medical clinic. So, um, this past week you did four mobile medical clinics and, uh, for somebody who just has no clue what we're talking about, tell us. Yeah. So 
in America, when we get sick, we go to a hospital. Um, we've got cars. It's very easy. I mean, there's urgent cares on every clinic. I mean, it's or every corner. So it's just very healthcare is very accessible where we live. Um, here, it's not the case um, for a lot of different reasons. But a lot of the reasons is, you know, so we're in a, the town that we're in now, Zamba. Outside are tons of villages, many, many, many miles away. Um, they don't have vehicles. They a lot of them don't even have bicycles. They don't have electricity. So there are not clinics or hospitals in any of these regions. So they their access to healthcare is pretty much nothing. Um, so the organization that has started the medical clinics have has taken the clinics and the medicine to the people. Um, so every morning we would pile up in a Toyota Land Cruiser, um, which has been very cool in <laughs> itself. Um, and we, we load the medicine. Um, you know, we pack the medicine that we're going to need the day before. So we've got these big totes of medicine. We go and pick up the Malawi doctors. Um, we go pick up the Malawi coordinators um, of each region. And then we drive an hour and a half down dirt, dusty, bumpy roads to these little villages where, you know, it's thatched roofs and I mean, just the very farming agriculture communities that have literally nothing. I mean, there's not stores, there's not anything but just little houses and so we literally go, we set up these mobile medical clinics. Um, before the clinics start, um, there's a gospel presentation. Um, so everybody that comes to our clinics, hears the gospel. And then there's two doctors. They kind of set up, um, you know, it may be under a tent. It may be in a building. But m most of the time, it's just been under a tarp um, to block the sun. Uh, we've got a little pharmacy that gets set up and then just, one by one, we see patients um, from, you know, little babies to senior adults. Um, and again, we saw a, a wide variety from malaria to STDs to scabies to just hypertension, um, just a wide array of, of diseases that, again, these people have no um, access to anything like they they're, they don't have medicine. They don't have um, the transportation to get anywhere or the financial resources to, you know, take care of it if they if they could get anywhere. So, um, again, it's it was it, it's just an amazing thing that that they're doing. And we had some big clinics this past week. <laughs> I mean, what were the numbers as far as like number of people who get served by these pop up Clinics. Right. So, um, you know, we get there usually around eight o'clock in the morning. By the time the, the preaching and everything's done, it's around nine o'clock before we maybe start seeing patients. So from nine o'clock to four o'clock in the afternoon on our first day, we saw 450 people. Um, and I mean, again, I know America is probably listening to this. And if you're in the healthcare field at all, you're thinking there is no way. But um, it, it really is amazing, you know, what what is done in a day. I think the next day there was like 412. We had a 350. And then our last day was a little lower at like 150 or so. But I mean, we saw well over a thousand people in a week. So, yeah. Big numbers. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you you have a big impact uh, in a small amount of time, mm -hmm. even though I know you leave wishing you could do more. But you mentioned very quickly some of the the conditions that you see. Are there any that you just really, 
I mean, were surprised about or, or just touched you in a certain way or, or just stay in the back of your mind? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, a couple things. Um, one of the things that I saw a lot of um, when I I would you know more than likely I usually just saw the adult patients. Um, and a lot of times, a lot of their the things that they were complaining of and, you know, like the scabies with the children and um, a lot of their symptoms were things that were caused by um, just poor living conditions and um, dehydration. Um, so things that are very fixable if they have the right education. Um, so again, I think a lot of times, um, you know, one of my visions for going forward is just from an education standpoint, because I think, you know, if we um, could teach some things, I think that would help a lot of um, the things that we saw. Um, another thing that we, that I saw that was kind of um, their eyes are in horrible condition, um, which again, you're out there. It's it, right now is the dry season. It is dusty. I mean, you, your eyes, I mean, I, I can see why that that's a thing, but again, I, um, that was something that was really shocking to me. I mean, you hardly ever saw anybody whose, you know, eyes were white or, you know, it was just, um, really, really bad condition. But a lot of this goes back to water access. So you're not going to drink a lot of water or right. use a lot of water if you have to walk half a mile, a mile and carry all of your water to your house. Exactly. So tell us, do you see any potential for the clinics in the future as far as growth or? Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Um, and again, I, I want to, you know, say again, just how impressed I am with the setup that's already here. Um, again, coming into it, you know, we had talked and you guys had tried to tell me a little bit about the clinics, but until you see it, you really don't have a good understanding of what's, of what it really looks like. So, um, I had no idea what I was walking into, but was beyond, um, so, uh, pleasantly surprised because again, they have, a, have established just a really good thing. Um, I think going forward, um, I think we have a lot of opportunity for dental. Um, these people have probably never been to a dentist. Um, so again, teeth are another thing. Um, I think that we have, like I said, we, I talked a, a little bit about earlier about the education. I think that that's a big thing that, you know, if we could, you know, just little simple things about hygiene could make a huge difference um, with these people. Um, and then again, kind of long term down the road, um, I think one of the challenges is during the um, their rainy season, we aren't able to get to the clinics. Um, and right now that, you know, there's several months, but right now we're getting to these villages about three times a year. Obviously, you know, I'm, we would like to get to them more, but there's still a lot of time that passes when nobody's in these villages. Um, so I think, you know, if we could establish some kind of, um, you know, maybe grow a team of locals that, you know, um, you know, nurses in quotes, um, but, you know, just kind of train them to know some basic things while we're not there or even, you mm -hmm. know, leave them with some malaria med meds or, yeah. you know, some stuff that, you know, we can train some people that can kind of take over when we're not there. Because again, there's a lag of, of time when, you know, there's nobody there and they can still get hit with things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and, so I know the medical side of this is extremely important. You mentioned that there's a gospel presentation at the beginning. Um, tell people what that's like and how 
how they connect yeah. that to the local churches. Yes. And and I'm going to be honest here too. I don't know if I've told you guys this at all either, but um, I was a little leery of the, the gospel presentation um, in, in the beginning. Now, mm-hmm. again, I let me hear, let me be clear. <laughs> I am very much a proponent of the gospel. <laughs> and that is first and foremost, you what do we're know we're here. called gospel, gospel life. life. Right, yeah. right. Oh, yes. Um, again, that is first and foremost, what we're here for. So not in that regard, but you know, I just didn't want it to feel like you have to come listen to this message. And that's why, you know, in order to get this, the medicine and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, um, or, you know, the kind of, if you want to be a Christian, raise your hand kind of a yeah. thing yeah. and counting numbers. And, um, but again, like everything else, um, it really just blew me away the way that it's handled. Um, you know, the, the, the people that are, are, are telling the gospel and, and giving that are exceptional. I mean, there's just some really, really great Malawians that, Mm -hmm. you know, are, are legit believers and, um, they just do a great job. Um, so again, you know, they, they do the gospel presentation and then it's more like, a you know, if you want to talk further or if you have questions or, you know, if you're interested in anything that we've said, come and talk to me later. So it's not just the mass, you know, raise your hand if you want to be saved kind of a thing. And the villages that we have these in, there is either a a new church there that Mm -hmm. we work with, or there's like a church planter targeting that village uh, to start a church. So it's not like we even just come in, preach the gospel, and there's some people who profess and then leave. There's a pastor, there's a congregation there exactly. to take yeah. care of these people. Yeah, again, the the infrastructure of what is here is is great. I mean, there's there's such a great foundation and you know, just so exciting. Um, as we are are talking right now, there is 70 pastors right up on the hill mm-hmm. that are, you know, going through training right now. Um, every night when I'm walking back to where I live, I are staying, <laughs> I, you know, hear them, you know, praising and you know. And it's just, um, again, it's just the training that these pastors are getting and that they're in turn, you know, giving to their congregations. And again, healthy churches grow healthy Christians and believers. And um, it's just very, very exciting. And I'm just really thrilled to be here and be a part of it. Well, we're very excited to have you as a part of it. And I think, you know, if you've listened to this episode from beginning to end, you'll understand why I'm always telling people I could not have imagined a better person for this Mm. position. You know, just the places that God has taken you um, in your your career as a nurse Mm. and then as an administrator, uh, we could not have trained you in those skills Mm. ourselves. Mm -hmm. And yet God had a plan for you all along. And now you're just going to shine in uh, doing what he always wanted you to do. Amen. And uh, just you're, you're talking about your plans and stuff for the future and just ideas. And, and that's the type of person that we needed is someone who can take what we have and love it and nurture it, but also see the potential beyond it and keep pushing that ball, you know, down what, sport are we going to choose 
down the court or your old basketball right, pro right. and from exactly. Callaway I County like High School. So right. down the court, exactly. okay? <laughs> We're pushing the ball down the court uh, in the name of the Lord for the glory of the Lord. Uh, and and it's just, I can't wait for you to get here um, to learn the language mm-hmm. and to just really, you know, run uh, with the ball. I guess that's more down. football than... <laughs> Right. Was not exactly an athlete. I was the captain of the speech team. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but I have a basketball player and a cheerleader here to yes. keep me in line. So, um, if anybody doesn't know, you're coming, Lord willing, in 2019. You're in the process of raising support. Mm-hmm. Uh, because these clinics, they're, I mean, they're cheap compared to American medicine, but they're not cheap in terms of ministry. Right. Uh, so we have thousands of dollars that we need to raise Mm -hmm. to run each cycle of these clinics. Um, so you're talking to people, you're enlisting people, especially people in the health field Mm -hmm. who want to be involved with something that kind of connects, you know, their passions. For sure. Um, and so if that's you, uh, you can get in contact with Kiki at Kiki, K-I-K-I, at gospellife.org or just go to our website and you can uh, find out how to email her there. Uh, And you can support her there by going to gospellife.org and click give now and you can give to the Cunningham Mission Fund and uh, and that helps to send her here and to do the clinics that uh, we're getting ready to do. Yeah. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Gospel Life Go. God provides for the needs of Gospel Life through your prayers and gifts. To become a prayer or giving partner, go to gospellife.org. We hope you join us in glorifying God by growing disciples who make disciples. We hope that you live a gospel life.